0: Hello,
1: everyone. Welcome back. Happy Friday. I'm glad to have you back on, with us on the podcast. We have so
0: much still going on. We keep mm-hmm. saying that, thinking we're going to reach the end. I think it might just be normal now. <laughs> it's part of what we do. Yeah. We have got the first part of the Cars the Past East Coast film. We have broken this into two parts mm-hmm. for TV episodes. So it's episode four, airing Saturday, July 23, 2022, That's 7.30 tomorrow. Eastern. And so the first part is really the first half of the trip, but what's on YouTube currently playing is when we drive each other's cars mm-hmm. and the Jag XJ220. So because of the TV episodes are truncated, yep. we're dividing yep. this into two. And then the last episode, Todd, is currently finishing up. It is the new Z, Nissan Z car.
1: Yep. That'll be episode six, So episode four and five are the, the cars of the past East trip. And then the Z car piece is coming. Of course, all of that will come to Amazon and YouTube. There's a lot going on, lots of places to put that stuff. We're at the back end of TV where things feel extra nuts. But then we have a ton of content that comes out after that. We, we get all pent up with content. <laughs> and then it's just an explosion of content exactly. for a few months. So we're just about there. We have to thank our TV sponsors, though, because we couldn't do our television series and most yeah. of what we do with this, doing this full-time without our sponsors. So Covercraft is the lead sponsor. Everyday 22 is the code for 10% off your order. And, of course, they also do free shipping. You can get those really cool sunscreens from them. Those are so awesome. I, they really we're are. We're in that time of year right now they really. I, I reach for that thing the minute I stop the car. I wish I could somehow drive and use it, but I don't do that. So that's Covercraft. Griot's is killing it with our F1 piece that was last week. We cannot believe they got us in those cars. E driver is the code there. They give huge discounts. It's 10% on all products and 15% off liquids, and their stuff is great. And I say that not just because they're a sponsor, but last week I did a whole thing with the 300ZX taken to Carson Coffee. And I used, like, the whole GRIOS lineup, and I stepped back and went, I don't even do this well and that car looks good. Your car look fantastic, man. It's just
0: that easy. Also, <laughs> <laughs> it really it is. It is just that easy. I keep saying it, but if you haven't tried Griot's yet, they are fantastic. They are the best car care products money can buy. We say it in the ad and mm-hmm. it is true. I've used it for over 20 years. It is excellent. I'll stop there. Autotempest.com <laughs> slash everyday. They are a search engine, so make sure you use the slash everyday part so they know that you heard it here on the podcast. Yep. There are multiple cars we need to discuss, mm. starting off the list with the 2023 Honda Civic Type R, which has been revealed, along with no specs. And what I love is mm-hmm. the headlines from every news outlet that says, most powerful Type R ever, fastest ever. How do you know? <laughs> because the marketing people said so, all? Well, they, there's no specs. There's they no information. So. so it is... There's, early any info about the car in there. It will at least have one
1: more number on horsepower and torque than the last, or, or they might be this subversive. It might be the same horsepower number, but a little bit more torque. Like one more pound-feet of torque. It'll be something so that they can actually say most powerful ever. I'm very impressed by this. And I, yes. I have to say something that I think is going to happen. Okay, We all and I mean, journalists at large, many of you listening to the podcast, many people that actually bought these cars, all went, what is up with the styling? On the Civic Type R, mm-hmm. we're just coming out of the 10th gen. And you coined the term, Paul, that it's overcorrection. They've now gone really, really <laughs> staid. but I'm sawing I, at the wheel I now. think what's going to happen, because Honda is listening, they have actually fixed things that, that many journalists and owners have complained about, and we really like that. Watch our, our Civic SI piece, where we talk about this a lot. I think there's going to be a sizable contention of people who are going to say they like the la- the look of the last Type R better. They've gotten used to it now. Really? I mean, there's, and I'm not in that camp, but I just I see it coming. I see the journalists coming who are going to be like, you know, I actually like the last one better. I think that's coming. And the
0: Honda people are going to be standing there going, what? With a huge question what do mark you over want? there. Exactly. Tell the, us what you want. The only
1: critique I have on this styling, because I think it is a massive victory, and I love it, and I cannot wait to drive this car. And it's a hatchback, too, which is really cool. The only critique I have is the fin should be body color.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: You've got a big wing out there. We're not hiding the fact there's a big wing. Just make it the Just color of the car.
0: Save the e- effort to paint it. Well, my critique, and this is of all car manufacturers, and that is the car has been revealed. Mm-hmm. We all know very little about it. <laughs> Nobody's driven it. I have to buy one, Paul, because it is the best whatever. But nobody can buy it. Uh-huh nobody knows anything and so we're all just left to speculate but guess what it's in the news mm-hmm. they've gotten it out there what if imagine a world I'm, I'm waiting for this world where a car manufacturer came out with a car not only was all the information available but you could go down to your dealership and buy one mm. imagine the possibilities here it is It's available. You can buy one. Guess what? We're letting journalists drive it. Look, the reviews are out. Here's everything about that car. But no, 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 no. We have to build up a year in advance. Yes, yes. Here's the tease. And let me, here's the carrot with the stick and the teasing of, we're all speculating. The only thing we know about the Civic Type R at this recording, the wheels are smaller. That's all we know. It
1: has more tire rubber on the edges That's all even though the, even though the tires are wider, but they have bigger sidewalls.
0: But that leads to speculation about how much better it will mm. corner and faster mm-hmm. it'll be through corners and on track and it's set this time Well, what was the time? <laughs> how do we know? We don't know. Nobody It's the knows. power. Yeah. The second car is the 2024 Chevy Blazer SS revealed with a dual motor power train producing up to 557 horsepower and 648 pound-feet of torque and 320 miles of range. There it is. There's a bunch of numbers. Why is it 2024? Isn't that two uh, years from now? Yeah,
1: we can't be one year ahead in our announcements of what the car brand is. This is, it's what, I'm be this is what I'm talking about, two years ahead. What I'm talking about, cars become movies. You know the movie trailers that you see where it's just it's a graphic splash followed by the title and it says coming next summer. <laughs> it, the cars they're cars are enemy. becoming becoming their
0: Avatar and their Lord of the Rings. Cars are becoming that. Coming not in three th- years, we haven't even shot a frame. The script's not even written My
1: yet. My son has gotten to a place in life where that enrages him. He and I sit down and watch trailers every now and then. When he sees like coming next summer, he's like, really? That's funny. Next year, I'm like, yeah, buddy, welcome. This is how they do it. But and cars he's are venting becoming what that. we're all thinking. Yeah, too. He is.
0: I wish. So this Blazer SS actually looks really good, and the underpinnings are what we just experienced in the 2023 Cadillac Lyric, which is mm-hmm. brand new on our mm-hmm. test drive channel. The press reveal was held here in Park City. Yep. And we were able to spend a little bit of time, but unfortunately it was only an hour. Yeah, we had with very a little time with that, with that truck, So we, we were we glad to have it. we jammed through and we came away very impressed. It's very different, which mm-hmm. is good, because yeah, not every future electric car just has to have an iPad mounted in the dash. Yes.
1: It's very exciting news. But it is interesting to have driven that and then to see this Blazer SS reveal. Because mm-hmm. you realize, oh, so this is the Chevy version of the Lyric we just drove. Right. I mean, and, and right. this is, uh, GM is being very forward about this. The the stuff that they did to build the Hummer is working its way into the Silverado and the Lyric and the Blazer. And the. It, if you have a big SUV-shaped, sized thing, guess what that platform is? And they're going to end up offering <laughs> rear-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, front-wheel drive. It ha- It
0: drives. It has the drive. <laughs> the car moves. There will be drive. Somehow. But that's okay, because I like the the opportunity to differentiate various electric models. I just hope they do. Mm, that is key. There's the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly, same platform between each. And Cadillac specifically said all the switchgear in Cadillac is just for Cadillac.
1: Which is impressive, because typically they've been just... Chevy with a bow on top
0: right which you might be might be thinking and since we're sharing platforms between trucks and SUVs and maybe some cars the question is well they all kind of taste the same Mm. but there's this opportunity we just hope with the blazer SS they Mm -hmm. take it that far if you think like us you're always looking for your next track event right No matter what your skill level, motorsportreg.com makes it ridiculously easy for you to find and register for track events all across the country. With over 7,000 events annually, it's the most complete events listing nationwide. And if you're organizing your own event, motorsportreg will help
1: you fill every event with tools that automate tasks, improve accuracy, and grow participation. Plus, there's full-time support available as well.
0: Learn more and find events today at msreg.com slash everydaydriver.
1: We have two really cool car debates for you. Ryan in Ohio. He's saying, never teach a spouse to ski. He needs an adventure appliance. And he's looking at a car that I'm reading it and going, yeah, I see why. And also, Anthony's writing in from northeastern Ohio. He wants a summer track car. But the more I read this, the more I feel like he's, uh, he actually just kind of wants a daily. But then, by the way, I might oh. want a track car. Oh, you think? Yeah, yeah so I, I, I tackled that a couple different ways. Looking forward to do both of those. And, of course, many, many questions from you guys. Thank you very much.
0: Ryan starts us off here with an email asking for car-buying advice because he placed a f- deposit for a factory-ordered 2023 Subaru Crosstrek Sport. Mm-hmm. But he's having second thoughts. Yes. He wanted to get some input from people who drive lots of cars. We will look them up. We will find them, and we, we will get back to you. find those people. Yes. <laughs> the town is back that way. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Name that movie. Nicely done. Very good. So Ryan's current driveway includes a 2015 Toyota Tacoma. It's the 2.7 liter 4x4 with a five speed and the access cap. He kind of sort of bought this while the Minister of Finance was away at a three-month Air Force training class. <laughs> <clears throat> surprise, honey.
1: Yeah. He literally picked her up at the airport <laughs>
0: in the new manual pickup that talk about surprise. Yeah. Uh huh. Now he says in his defense it was replacing a manual Jeep Patriot. Okay. Okay. She was shocked when he picked her up. (laughs) Of course she was. Because they had grand plans of simultaneously taking their sailboat and rooftop tent on long-distance road trips, which is what they've done exactly one time in seven years Mm -hmm. because it was too much work.
1: (laughs) It's that activity. This is the debate I have every time I go stand up paddleboarding, which I thoroughly enjoy. But somewhere halfway through the inflate all the paddleboards for the family process while the dog is tied to the car whining about what we're going to do next. If we're all putting on life jackets and the blazing sun, I go, do we
0: want to do this? Do we still are we still committed? Yeah. Well, this Tacoma has been his faithful daily for one hundred and one thousand trouble free miles. But he slowly realized that the need for a backseat trumps the need to transport large ob- mm. objects. The Minister of Finance really dislikes the ride quality and road noise, so she hasn't tried to become proficient at driving it. She's already done with it, clearly. Yes. She,
1: she doesn't, doesn't care to drive the manual Tacoma. It doesn't want to be in it enough to care. Yeah,
0: get it. That's because she drives a 2020 Toyota RAV4. That's her daily. Should be perfectly capable of hauling the 950-pound sailboat to the nearby state park for Sunday morning club races. I don't
1: remember for sure, but I'm pretty sure it's at least 3,500 pounds worth of towing on that RAV4. You're going to be fine. I think that'll
0: work. Car number three is a 1992 Mazda Miata, low miles. Bought it from a little old man, garage-kept, BBS wheels, factory hardtop. Love it. He understands that he broke one of the 11th Commandments by buying an automatic Miata, Okay, But they still have fun taking drives through rural Ohio. Definitely not the transmission you'd want for autocross or track driving, but they don't do those. And I see still that. Driving. I, I do get it. I
1: do get Automatic it.
0: Automatic Miata. So the Crosstrek Sport has bubbled to the top because it seems like they're target buyers for the adventure appliance <laughs> that needs to do the following five things. Get him to the office and from the office three days a week, 50 mile round trip commute transport the rooftop tent and bikes on camping trips two to three times a year two to three times a year are you sure sure because you didn't you only did the sailboat thing once
1: they only did all of that once the sailboat and the rooftop tent two to three they they, they, two and two to three is not a lot but that's legit that's legit it's it's the everything at once was once in seven years true this is just down to rooftop tent and bikes okay they might actually do that three times a year yeah
0: Number three transport himself and skis to the man-made slopes once a week during ski season. They live in Ohio, but he's been caught on nasty backroads coming home. Number four, transport the paddleboards. <laughs> There's the stand-up paddleboards. There you go. Yeah,
1: for sure. To the state park a couple times a month. I've never wanted a non-inflatable paddleboard more than the moment I'm inflating my paddleboard, but then I have to figure out a way to haul it and store it, and so I the go rooftop. back to the inflatable. Yeah. Rack. Mm-hmm.
0: And number five, they need to toss a couple of car seats in the back when they need to babysit their niece and nephew. Okay. They've had brand loyalty to Toyota. As we have observed, but the Corolla Cross didn't seem nice, right? Yeah. And matching RAV4s would be weird. Uh, thank you. I, yes, it would be. <laughs> he says the CX-30 was nice. The brochure looks nice. <laughs> but didn't seem outdoorsy enough, and the CX-5 may as well be a second RAV4 with a Mazda badge. Yeah, okay. I, I see how you got there oh ryan says they test drove the cross trek sport and really liked it but sadly didn't get it up past 55 miles an hour because the engine isn't powerful enough (laughs) no 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 no, no. that's not what it says (laughs) but i but i'm still laughing yes i'm kidding the highway was congested when they drove it so they got home and started seeing reviews complaining the car was loud at highway speeds the one on the lot was sold and he's having trouble finding another one for a second test drive so he figured that we would know something more about this Mm, interesting they also rented a 2022 Forester on a recent trip to Colorado, and the 2.5 didn't seem bad in that car. Okay. Driving experiences are often highly subjective, you're right, and relative to previous experience. So he's wondering, is the noise a, a, a real big concern? He's not sure. Is it going to be quieter than the Tacoma? Louder than the RAV4? He's still not sure.
1: I, I think, Ryan, right off the top here, I'm going to say this. Quieter than the Tacoma, Check. Yes, yes, the Tacoma is it's a rattle can. I know they are beloved. I know they are beloved, and I'm about to get angry Tacoma owner letters, <laughs> but the in spite of the fact that they ain't broke, don't fix it, just run mm-hmm. and the engines are strong and they're crazy reliable, and they look really cool, in spite of all of these realities, they have terrible ergonomics, they rattle and have a lot of road noise, yeah, so. Yes, there is no question in my mind, having not even driven the Crosstrek like last week, it was a little while ago, that the Crosstrek at highway speeds will be quieter than your Tacoma. I doubt that the it'll probably be similar to the RAV4. I don't know what tires you're running on these things, but there's no question in my mind it will be nicer than the Tacoma if you take a road trip.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree to that. Well, the only thing missing in here, Ryan, was your budget, but I'm going to extrapolate because a twenty twenty three cross-trek sport begins at twenty eight thousand dollars. So we're gonna call your budget thirty to thirty-five by the time That's you're excellent. done. Okay. How about a Ute? Mm. Ryan, how about a Ute? We just recently drove like that. the Santa Cruz versus the Ford Maverick. Mm. I thought the Hyundai Santa Cruz you could really like, but you're gonna want to get the turbo engine. That is the problem, which makes it expensive. Makes makes it $40,000. Unfortunately. For everything you're suggesting, I'm scrolling back up to the activities section. You're still going to have to put a roof rack on this. Yes, for sure. So the pickup bed part of it just isn't big for what you want to do. I mean, I guess for uninflated paddle boards is about as much as a little hole. And the
1: problem is that... uh, I let's let's just say for sake of argument real quick because I because I like the Santa Cruz watch that Maverick Santa Cruz piece. It's on TV. It's actually on YouTube already. Yeah, the Santa Cruz the $40,000 version is superb. It's great to drive. It's good to be in. It looks really cool. All of those things. But I really do think that if you buy the lesser version and you still have your Tacoma, you're going to wonder what the Santa Cruz is giving you that the Tacoma already doesn't. Because the Tacoma has a much more usable bed and the Santa Cruz, in spite of looking cool, has a really short, it's a shorty, shorty bed.
0: So I think you're
1: going to to feel like the the Santa Cruz is really cool, but what am I getting that the Tacoma doesn't other than nicer ride and quieter interior? I I think there's a lot of overlap there. Then you're going to wish that the, the Santa Cruz was more truck worthy.
0: All valid points. I sort of forgot to mention that I'm kind of thinking you're going to sell the Tacoma.
1: Ah, right. oh, they have a hook. See, now you See, get the $40,000 I, I sort
0: of Cruz. forgot to mention that Got part. Got it, okay. I think you should sell it because your minister of finance was shocked. She still hasn't come around. Not a fan. And she hasn't tried to become proficient at driving it, mm. which tells me she really doesn't want it around. Yeah. Fair, yes. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So I, I forgot to mention that part. I'm already way ahead. I thought... The Tacoma's just going away. Naturally, by your description, <laughs> I just automatically thought it's being sold. And then
1: he'd have money left over. He'd have a, he could get a forty thousand dollar Santa Cruz and have money left over. Exactly. Yeah. Okay.
0: But then that bed is so unusable. Yeah. The Tacoma is way better. You might as well just get another SUV and still get the roof rack and have more interior space. That's interesting. So I moved on to the Volvo XC40. Oh, okay. I considered it. The core starts at $37,445. That's for brand new. Mm -hmm. I like them a lot. I think that could be a sweet little adventure vehicle, but you have a RAV4. You're going to take that to haul the sailboat, take that to the mountains. Then I toyed with the idea of a mini countryman. 2023 starts at $34,950. So pretty much there, maybe a touch more than you're looking for. And it'd probably be fun to drive and, give you the the space you need in the back, and yeah, you can do all that stuff. But then I landed on a car that I think you need to look at. I'm not going to try to pry you out of the category because you're adventure people, and I want whatever vehicle you get next to be able to go do stuff. I don't want Mm -hmm. you to say, well, it's too hard because we don't have the the right vehicle yeah, and the yeah. thing doesn't fit in the tow hitch and the RAV4, it's my wife's and I don't want to use that. And <laughs> I want you to get something that you're going to use okay. but still good for commuting. So I'm looking over here at the 2023 Kia Sportage Hybrid. It's brand new. The oh, styling has changed. Okay, all right, yeah. The... HEV, the hybrid, starts at $27,290 for a 227-horsepower turbo hybrid, which gets you up to 43 miles per gallon in front-wheel drive trim. Mm. They only go up th- from there. However, there is also the 2023 plug-in hybrid version of that. So there's the Sportage, mm-hmm. the hybrid Sportage, and the plug-in EV Sportage.
1: Wow. They're making They're all doing the sportage all, it, Sportages. Would you like a Sportage? We have
0: one for you. Now, this is more expensive, but it focuses on an electric-only range of 32 miles. It's not quite good enough for your commute, but it gives you something. Mm-hmm. And a level, level 2 charger, which is 240 volts, will get you to full battery charge in about two hours, which is kind of interesting to consider. Yeah, yeah. Again, the problem is... Maybe it's slight overkill for what everything you need, but I do like the commute aspect of the hybrid or the plug-in hybrid sure. version of that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: The big issue here is you've got two SUVs of the same sort. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you already have a Miata. Even though it's an automatic, I'm not sure that I need to suggest something that is you know, some hot sports car like a Cayman or an mm. 86. Or You've got the Miata. You like to go tooling around and cruising in the Miata. That's your little GT car. And you love it. So it almost seems like that area is covered, even though I I want to. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want you to have something different, but still usable and meets your requirements. Could go sedan. But again, after this adventure list, I thought you got the tent, the skis, you want to commute, paddle boards. The RAV4 can do pretty much all of that, but you need yours. Mm -hmm. And she needs hers. Yeah, for sure. So don't get two RAV4s that is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Super weird. <laughs> Go look at Hyundai and Kia products. I think they're interesting. I think the hybrid's something that leans more towards the commute aspect of it, but look, you can get still get them with the X line package. You can kind of mm-hmm. rough and tumble it up. It's check the rough-and- tumble box.
1: You're reminding me of your neighbors that you had for a while who had matching white Subaru outbacks. They moved. They were the same car. Yeah. They were two of the exact same car parked God. side by side in the garage. And Paul and I, just, it, it honestly, it hurt our brains when the garage door went up. <laughs> I mean, just. They weren't even different colors. Yeah. I mean, as, as terrible as the same thing is, they, these weren't even different colors or different like model years. It was the same generation of Subaru Outback in white. You could literally pick up the wrong set of keys. You, you would have to yes. be in a situation where you go, honey, yes. I'm leaving, and you grab one and you hit it and you see which one's lights fl- flicker, and that's the one you get in because it, they're completely interchangeable. Oh, my God. Oh Please gosh. don't do that. Well,
0: the husband had a blue Ram Truck 1500. When he moved in, mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, okay, yeah. pickup truck, and then she had the white Outback, on it, uh-huh. whatever. And then the truck went away, <laughs> and another white Outback appeared. Just went. What? what happened there? I agree. I, well, it's not like you got two 911s or two Caymans or two Mercedes AMGs. Or or all of, of which I don't think you should amazing. do. Amazing, you but don't need right. those. But you know, at least it's two hot sports cars and two awesome somethings. Sure, this was just two white Outbacks. But exact. But
1: even down to the same color, and it's white. Yes. I just. I yeah. I I have those people ended. Moved. They moved. My desire out. to live. Anyway, Ryan. Um, I'm gonna say here real quick before I offer some. Other suggestions. Yes, you're perfect for a cross track. You guys are perfect for it. It is is your your light hiking shoe of cars Mm -hmm. where you can wear it to the office and you can wear it to go hiking. It is that kind of thing. It is perfect for what you want.
0: It's like a Friday car. It's the Friday car. Yep.
1: I'm going to go to commuting, and then this evening I'm going to pick up my wife, and we're going to grab all the camping gear. We're going to be camp's going to be set up before dark. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. The, I'm not a huge fan of the CVT, but Subaru does make one of the best ones. the The sport version is the power that car should have had. I know you've watched our reviews already, but it is the power that car should have had. It makes it much more worthwhile. Good gas mileage, reliable. Uh, yes, there's there's nothing wrong with the Crosstrek Sport. It's not exciting, Mm-mm. but it is a fantastic tool for what you want to do, for everything you want to do. It does all of that. It matches the so, adventure so I, list. So I cannot take away the fact that the Crosstrick would be great. All I'm offering here is alts that I think you should drive or consider if you haven't already. When you say you're taking bikes, that says to me you're doing, you're doing a hitch because you're doing the rooftop tent on the top of the actual rack of the yeah, car right, right. and you're doing bikes on a hitch. Everything I'm talking about, you can do that you need to drive the Jeep Renegade. Hmm. That has a nine speed in it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's actually, it's better than you think. That, that's what my thing, because when we drove Jeep, the Renegade, no, Better seriously. than you think. <laughs> when we drove the Renegade, we both kind of went, uh-huh. When we <laughs> right. walked in, we were just kind of, like, yeah, uh-huh. This is a cute little styling exercise. And <laughs> right. it, it is better than you think. It actually, it's, it's a worthwhile contender. So drive the Jeep Renegade. It's better than the, what did you have? a Patriot? <clears throat>
0: That's true. Yeah, they, they no, do have experience. D- d- with-
1: d- no, it's no. Be- it's Jeep. better than that. Well, so, Patriot,
0: not better than you think.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, so drive a Jeep Renegade in that same category as the Mini Countryman. You brought it up earlier, Paul. I think that is a really interesting alt. You just don't see that yeah. many. They still drive pretty well. They they, they don't drive as fun and chuckable as the little minis do.
0: No, but there's but a lot of personality. They have in that the thing.
1: flavor still in them. Yeah, and. MINI, the company, has every possible accessory you can think of, kind of like Subaru does, so you could trick out your MINI Countryman to be your ultimate you know, alternate I-have-to-do adventure. But, but MINI has that stuff for you. Just think light bar and mud flaps. Sure. So MINI Countryman is a, is a good one. And then I do have the buy, used, and step up. Okay. Two cars that lean more toward you're a car guy. Mm -hmm. you have that miata you enjoy you'd like to have a little bit of fun but you still need to commute and by the way there's a fire road Mm. a used golf r the mark 7 golf r that'd be fun i don't know how much you're actually like are you doing any off-roading is it just fire road you could do that in a golf r (laughs)
0: it's just boat ramp
1: seriously so golf r and then the mercedes gla amg 45 there it is talked that, that is for a long crazy time. fun yeah. you can get them used that is a small little hatchback I kind of want to see that at a campsite with a rooftop tent on it, you're doing life right there bikes on the back, That's true. tent on the top of that, now both of those are more expensive, they are more luxurious in leaning and they are also more performance oriented than the other stuff you're talking about so I know it is, that's the wild card area but if you wanted to lean stuff that was more driving fun and commute worthy then that's where the Golf R and the GLA make more sense to me
0: But that's my list. I would add to that one tiny little thing, and that is take your MOF with you Mm -hmm. when you do all this shopping. So it's not, you brought home what? You sold the Tacoma. (laughs) Good job. That's Mm -hmm. a point. Now you brought home that thing. Uh, Point taken away. No. Just do it together so you both approve. Maybe she'll like it. Maybe you'll eventually get rid of the RAV4 and get something different. And I I don't know. know. I'm speculating
1: right now. You're off, off
0: on a whole other car debate, but I like it. We all want to talk about the go-fast parts we're thinking of putting on our vehicles, but what about the stop-fast parts? Brakes are an essential part of your vehicle's maintenance, and upgrading is better than just simply replacing. You can transform your vehicle into a stopping powerhouse with a Power Stop Brake Upgrade Kit that includes carbon ceramic brake pads, drilled and slotted rotors, and all the stainless steel hardware that you need to complete your upgrade. PowerStop is on a mission to provide a complete and affordable brake upgrade
1: kit for pretty much every vehicle on the road. If you tow, they have that. Off-road, track days, they have all that as well. They even have kits for brand new vehicles like our Toyota GR86. Take care of your brakes and even improve them by heading to PowerStop.com and entering your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder that'll match you with the right brake kit for your vehicle.
0: Anthony is also in Ohio. He's in the Northeast area. Writing for a summer slash track car. He has a need, a Mm. deep need, okay, because he wants to go to the track again. His fear, though, is buying something that will need major expensive work from tracking it once or twice a year. He got a taste for the mid-Ohio track two years ago with his 2016 BMW 3 Series M Sport Wagon. Mm. Really enjoyed it, but he hasn't been back. It's got 90,000 miles on it, though, so he says the major service time is coming soon. But he's been kicking around an Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio idea. You want to kick that idea around. You want to then drive that car much. Yeah. Yeah. But he can only afford a used one in the mid $50,000 range, which is pushing further than he wants to go. He's worried that over the years of summer driving and the occasional track day, he'll be back to a major service or break down eventually. It's hard to say, you know, just. But tracking, we were talking about this the other day
1: for, for a totally different conversation. Tracking is really hard on cars. It is. It just, we know that. We and, know that. And, and that's that's not a reason to not go. But all the stuff that your car consumes, specifically brakes and tires, consume is the key word here. They will be gone mm-hmm. over a period of time by going to the track. And that's what happens. And that's what makes tracking fun. But there is no question that it has cost.
0: Yeah, true. I mean, any car, like you said, any that car is going to consume. This is what track days do. Now, Anthony's really been looking into ordering a 2022 M240i. He has found out that he really likes BMWs. Apparently. apparently, yeah. He likes the fact that it'll have a warranty for two years or for years, many for years, years, yeah, yeah. And if it breaks, it won't be his issue for a while. Mm. Now, if you haven't seen it yet, we drove the M240 uh, as a test drive. Yep, it's on our second YouTube channel, test drive on there, and. Covered a lot of things about the dynamics, how it drives. So take a look into that, and we've also got a piece coming on YouTube where we compared it to what we believe is its natural competitor. Yep, a surprising
1: natural competitor, but we're excited about it for sure.
0: Now, Anthony's not looking for a project because he's had enough of them. He currently has a 1994 Lotus Esprit wow. that has been reliable for the past five years, but needing the engine out service. You had Ouch. to take the engine out to do the service. I didn't know that on those cars.
1: Uh, some years. There's 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 a problem with the early Avoras that to do a clutch is an engine out too. You're kidding me. Unfortunately, I'm not.
0: I knew the clutch was expensive. I didn't know they had to pull the pretty, engine. Pretty sure you do
1: have to. If I'm if I'm not wrong, I think that's why it's so expensive.
0: I feel some expertise in pulling engines. Yes, I, I've I'm only aware. done one yeah. so far, but but it know. was
1: an undertaking. It was uh, you you did not you didn't hold back <laughs> it on that. Counted that was for really like well done. Two it was multiple
0: engines. Yes. He also owns a 1993 GMC Typhoon. Whoa! Which was the last time you heard one of those. Mm-hmm. It's currently in Florida at a well-known restorer for these vehicles. (laughs) Restorers in quotes. Ah, that's where your money is is going. Is that
1: because you can only restore a 1993 GMC so far before you just throw your hands up and go, that's done. Exactly. That's that's really, the interior never gets
0: better than that right there. Wow. Yeah, you're already dumping money into one. Mm Mm-hmm. So he says it's coming back to be a partial summertime fun car, no mods, just back to stock and hopefully reliable back to stock indicates that somebody tuned or you did tuned mm-hmm. the daylights out of it. Yeah. And you're trying to set it back to just runs. Now, as Anthony mentioned, the BMW wagon needs its first major service soon. He loves this wagon as it does everything he needs very well, but as the miles increase, he will be less inclined to take the tail of the dragon trip again. Mm. And he says long road trips with high mile cars are out for him. Hi. <laughs> Let, let's revisit
1: our cars of the past. Long road trips with high miles. Anthony,
0: have you seen our <clears> East Coast
1: <throat> trip? Twenty five hundred miles in thirty and forty year old cars. <laughs> uh, yes, it, it's it's scary. Mm. Good fun, but it's not as it shouldn't be as scary as it initially is. I agree. If you have a car that runs, and yours does, Anthony, yeah. if you have a car that runs. It's a fairly modern car. You've yeah. got a 2016 BMW 3 Series. Let's road trip. I say
0: as well. With I mean, the
1: normal stuff done, let's just road trip. What do you consider high miles? I just, I, I don't think this is an issue as much as you. Let me rephrase. It's an issue, but I don't think it's as pressing an issue and concern as you
0: think it is. I agree to that, and I think it would also be less of an issue if he already wasn't dumping money into a 93 Typhoon restoration. <laughs> because that you're right, it get, does need major service, but you see plenty of high-mile BMWs from the 80s. Yep. I mean, well over 200,000, yep. and they're pristine, and they yeah, have had yeah, money yeah. dumped into them but they're still running and working. They drive great, but you got to put that that maintenance in. So I don't want you to be afraid of doing that major service. I don't want you to be coming up on the, yeah, I don't want to do any, you know, don't put any more miles on the car because it's going to need its Service, get that service done and drive that thing. Mm -hmm. That is an option over buying another car here because I feel like the other car is to gloss over some things or to, to mute some expenses so we can kind of let the BMW sit and not get rid of it. Possibly.
1: And I also think that the other problem with the car we're looking for is most of this discussion has been about, I need a track car. But then as the email progresses, it's, I need a daily.
0: Yeah. Those are not the same car. It's very true. Well, his minister of finance currently has a 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee L. So the extended one, the big one. Yeah. But Anthony's having a hard time parting with a BMW wagon because it's a wagon. You never see him. It's such a cool car. But he says this other part of him says to sell it Mm. and get this. The previous owner has offered when the time comes, they will buy it back because he liked it so much. I'm going to recap Anthony. (laughs) It deserves a recap for sure. Please. (laughs) We've got a 90,000 mile BMW that you're not willing to drive because you don't want to do the major service because you've got a typhoon sucking on your wallet over here. But even though part of you says, sell the car you don't want to because it's cool and yet the owner the prior owner will buy it back from you mm-hmm. you could easily get rid of it you've had your time with it sure sure and sure. you could easily move on to something else. I say now's the time, especially if you have a buyer that is okay that changes everything because if you didn't, we could sell sure try to sell the car try to get mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. get the money that yeah, you yeah. want out of it but the owner's willing to buy it back and probably willing to do it without you putting the money in for the major service. Which means Fair you don't have Fair to have point. the service done because that's what any potential buyer is going to want, just like you would. Mm. But this owner will probably be like, ah, you know what, just you know, give me a good deal and I'll buy it back from you and I'll take care of the service. That might be a way to get out of it and you still can have that great memory, but you don't want to track it. So why is it sticking around? Mm. Moving on. They get cold weather in northeast Ohio and the occasional store sto- snowstorm. Antony's job does require him to be on call regardless of the weather. He's got two sets of rim with winter tires and a great set of summer rims and tires for the wagon, too. He uses the wagon in the winter a lot because both his kids play hockey, which means early morning travels in the cold, snowy weather. And right now the budget, budget is around mid $50,000 as he can't find anything he wants that's cheaper than that price range. Very interesting. I'm all about selling that BMW right now. Are you? I have a very
1: different take. I'm curious to hear more of your thoughts.
0: I, I think it's an albatross. Interesting. Okay. I think it's hanging around your neck right now because okay. you don't want to drive it, but yet you do want to drive it, and you're going to drive it because your kids need to get to hockey practice, and you mm-hmm. just need to get around. You're not going to track the Jeep, plus it's your wife's, and you've got two other cars that you've got to dump money into already. The spree and the typhoon.
1: Whoa, and both of which are crazy cool, but yes. neither of which are let's pull them out today.
0: And you're not indicating you're willing to let go of those. Mm-hmm. So you're only in acquisition mode, but there's no trade-off. There's no get rid of something. It's there's no give to get. Okay, or, all right. I guess right. the other way around. So I'm fully on board with selling the BMW. You've okay. got the owner, call him now. <laughs> Stop the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the podcast will be waiting hit the big play pause button come
0: back later call the owner and come back and so okay now you're back Anthony now you've sold the BMW the owner is accepted funny you've worked out a deal now you can go shopping and you don't have to spend 50 grand for something that will get you a commuter and it's under $50,000 okay
1: right. it's
0: the GR Corolla interesting okay all right it is a track car it's built for the track and mm. yeah you can tool around and commute in that thing And it's all-wheel drive. No worries. Throw winter tires on that thing. Get yourself a little rally car. Okay. You are the target market for the GR Corolla. It's not a want. You need one. (laughs) That's good. How off base am I? Am I I way off? I I, I see where you went. Where am I here?
1: We just had the perfect potential owner for a Crosstrek. You have found the perfect potential owner for a GR Corolla. In spite of all of us that are excited about the car, Anthony apparently was on the mood board.
0: Plus, you said mid $50,000 range, which even if you have to pay markup, you have it. I hate the idea of paying markup. I don't want to yeah, do it. I yeah, don't yeah. recommend it. But on the other hand, what if you got your order in now and you didn't pay markup and you found a good dealer to work with and you got your GR Corolla? Your kids would love it. Hockey equipment fits. Yeah. You can track that. Daylight's out of that thing. Yeah, you could,
1: for sure. Take it to the track,
0: commute in that thing, and it's perfect for winter. It's already set up for winter. Swap your tires. You're already used to that procedure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought of the GR86, but it's not of a, as good of a commuter. The back seat's tough for your kids. And then I to- started toying with some other ideas, but they're only front-wheel drive. The Civic SI and the Type R, brand new mm-hmm. one. Cool. I... They're built for track. And and this was on my mind. I know, mm-hmm. Todd, you said that he's really looking for a daily and then maybe another extra car, but he's already got two project cars I know. that I are know. pulling on him.
1: I, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I know you want to keep those, Anthony. And I, I know you want to put money into them, and, and then those will be the fun cars. But you're looking for a car that you want to beat on. Mm-hmm. I think that GR Corolla is going to take the abuse. Same with the Hyundai Elantra N. When car mm-hmm. manufacturers mm-hmm. test it on the ring... They want it to be a daily and track use. That's yeah. what they do. That's, when
1: it's those more mundane
0: things and they do it. You're right. That's they're good. They're trying to break it, essentially. They're trying to push <laughs> its limits. Here's the price point. We've got to keep it in this so we can't add cool parts or change the geometry to, to mm-hmm. do what we really want. But within that price point, it does really well on track. That's what the Elantra N represents to me. Break it only as the ring can. Yes. Yeah. So GR Corolla is my first choice, and then look at these other fun cars. Plus, you'll be a cool dad driving these snorty, hot-rodded, you know, they're, they're just economy cars, but they've got giant wings on them. So you'll instantly be cool. Wings make it better. Anthony, I have to admit that Paul's
1: uh, take on that is quite compelling, and I think he may have found the answer, but I went a totally different route. And I want to walk through a couple things in your email because I feel like the email takes a turn in the middle. It starts with, I really miss going to the track. I really want to go to the track. I need a car to go to the track. And the longer you write, the more it's just, you know what I need? I need a new daily.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. It's, it's two
1: different emails, You're Anthony. Right. So I'm going to break it down in those terms. First off, I'm going to tell you some potentially bad news. <clears throat> you were considering getting a new BMW M240 because you think the warranty will save you. Oh. We know people who have tracked their brand new, and I mean like had dealer tags yeah. BMWs. Yeah. And BMW does not look kindly on replacing things under warranty because they can tell the car has been tracked. Do, that is not a defense.
0: Which is strangely enough because BMWs are tested and designed yes. you know, at yes. the track and they promote them as but great track we cars. know
1: people that have blown through tires and brakes and BMW has been like, yeah, because you went to the track. You're going to need to pay for that. Yeah. So the warranty is not going to save you. With track work. It won't. So take that out of your mind. The second thing is, as the email develops into I Need a New Daily, you keep just singing the praises of this BMW wagon. But the fact that it needs a service is this big black spot on the car. You know it. You know exactly the condition it's in. You know exactly what it needs for the service. It seems clear you know exactly what it
0: needs. So go get that done he's got the typhoon of dollars being sucked out of his bank account. I realize that. But that's not a car. That, that's a grand
1: unknown. He, he's got it in quotes. It's under a restorer's hands right now. <laughs>
0: True. Okay?
1: Which means so send means me the invoice We when don't you're done. know how it's going to do. And you also have an Esprit that's reliable. When does that get driven, by the way? Those are weird words to put I, together. I, can, can we come drive your Esprit? Because I just it sounds like it needs to be driven. But the wagon, you have the winter and summer wheels. It's great for your commute. You'd love to drive it. It's interesting. It's cool. The only problem is, oh, this needs a big service. And I, as the person who has had a, my wife in a Porsche Cayenne for seven years now, which has gone through multiple big services, just wants to say to you, get the big service done. True. That is such a known commodity for you that you genuinely like. Keep the wagon, get a track car. This is where I'm at. You started hmm. with a track car. So let's actually keep the wagon, let it do what it wants to do and you get to shop, spend 20k. Get yourself an MX5, a first gen FRS, BRZ 86 chassis, an MR2 Spyder or a Honda S2000. This is two things. All of those cars you could go track. All of those cars, comparative to most cars, will have very low consumable costs when you track them. But they are all also interesting little convertibles. You can take your wife out for a fun night, drop the top, go somewhere nice for dinner on a perfect evening. Scrolling back up to the top, he hasn't been back to the track in two years. I know. But 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 we start this with I need a track car. Mm-hmm. Everything else in life is handled. Need a track car. Keep the wagon for now. Twenty grand, man. Buy yourself. Get your wife in on the conversation. Buy yourself one of those convertibles. Make it track-ready, which is going to need a, mean a roll cage in many cases, but they're out there.
0: But that's not $50,000 worth of no. stuff. And then you've got a car
1: that all of these that I'm mentioning, they're light enough that the consumables are low. That's the thing I actually love about my Lotus. People are blowing through track pads and tires, and I'm like, I've got like four or five more track days on these, and I'm yeah. gonna take a road trip. That's <laughs> true. I, I, I'm the guy and this is not because I did anything special, it's because the Lotus weighs nothing. I'm the guy that got five thousand miles and five track days on a set of two hundred Treadwear Yokohama track tires.
0: And that, that's because that the really car impressive. weighs nothing. That's impressive.
1: It's not because I was like, Well, we gotta protect the tires. I knew the tires two hundred treadwear, they're gonna be gone, and I kept going, they're still they're still okay.
0: <laughs> All right. I mean, they were pretty bad well, by They the were time done. They oh, were shot. Last right? track
1: day, it was like, everybody's looking at the track car. Are you okay? They're sticky like bubble gum. I was fine. But my point is, these lighter cars are not nearly... You do not want to be maintaining a Porsche or a BMW after lots of track days. You just don't. Yeah. So that's why I think cheap car that you can literally use on track, or you could commute on a nice day, or you can take your wife out, but you have the wagon to do all the wagony things. And then you can really, I bet you if you have that that new fun car for a year, you'll be able to take a really good assessment of your quite wide-ranging garage of choices and figure out what stays.
0: We recently got an email. Mitchell N. in Tasmania writes us. Just wanted to give a shout out to Mitchell. Thanks for writing, man. I really appreciate it. Nice to hear from you. You're listening and watching from all the way over in Tasmania, which is really cool. Yeah, very cool. He is asking, why don't people put video podcasts up anymore? He would pay money, not huge money, but (laughs) he'd pay money to get our video content through his podcast app rather than using YouTube. He says he hates YouTube ads, though, but not Australian dollars, fourteen ninety nine. He doesn't want to Hate. pay
1: the I don't want ads anymore on YouTube, yeah. but he hates the ads. I have to do the quick side note here, Mitchell. <clears throat> I'm sorry, because I, I actually see the sentiment, and I want Paul to continue with your actual sentiment because it's good. But I do have to say <clears throat> content costs money to produce. Mm-hmm. It has to be yes. offset somewhere. YouTube has, you know, a country's worth of servers somewhere being cooled by the entire world's air conditioners, okay? That costs money, too. The only way to yeah. offset that is ads. And uh, unfortunately, our YouTube content only monetizes half of its views because of people running ad blockers. And the people running ad blockers often get really self-righteous about it. Of I hate ads. And I keep thinking, stuff costs money,
0: including entertainment. Yeah. I'm the same way because I don't like them either. I don't like them either. But on the other hand, the services and products, uh, the companies who sponsor us, those are well thought through. We want people to hear the ads and patronize these companies because Mm -hmm. we know them personally and we believe in the products and that's important to us. But then there's the YouTube ads too. I'm the same way. I don't want to sit through YouTube ads. But on the other hand, I realize, wow, it's... really does help when Todd and I need to plan stuff and we're going shooting and it's a big deal I I do not I specifically don't run ad blockers
1: especially on YouTube because I know that that content creator is going to make some money I know Mm -hmm. that the big YouTube monsters making it too but that content creator is going to make some money in the same way I know I'm going to make some money to maybe do more content I hate it but it's a reality Mitchell puts a number
0: on it he hates ads to the tune of about $5 a month (laughs) Okay. How did you arrive at that number? You know, you can, (laughs) by the way, when you click the skip ad five seconds in, that counts. Yeah, it does. That counts to
1: those of us getting money from those ads, by the way. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But then Mitchell could imagine subscribing to our podcast feed for $8 a month and he'd be happy. So I have to build that now? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Because he'd be free of the unwanted advertisements and he'd feel he was directly supporting creators' he values. Which we appreciate, but I don't think there's going to be enough of those people to do that. Mm. But there's a great way that you can, and that is through Patreon. That's true. And our patrons do support us. It is optional. You can do a dollar. You can do... We've had some very generous patrons, which is amazing. for sure, for sure. And at the top end, we clued them as board members, and we get on a monthly Zoom call to talk inside stuff and tell them what's coming, what, you know, inside stories about here's what happened on that video. And yeah, yeah, just, yeah. We, we love hanging out. It's usually on, on a Wednesday afternoon, mm-hmm. Wednesday evening, and we've had 20, 30 people on sometimes. It's, it's which really is pretty cool. cool. We,
1: we can't thank our patrons enough. You also, if you are a patron at any level, you get onto the discord. I'm bringing it up right now because it dawns on me. I have good news, bad news for all of you listening. Yeah. That directly relates to patrons and Patreon. Our Utah meetup is happening this year. Yes. You'll notice on the website, it is being launched as a sold out event. And that is because we try, we don't have many options, but we try. We did it with the other pilgrimage trip, the one to Germany and Belgium as well. We opened it up to our patrons first Mm -hmm. and our patrons responded overwhelmingly. When we opened up the Utah meetup, which is happening in September, we had 20 slots available. They were gone in under 24 hours. So fast. In fact, that we had patrons that were like, well, I just now read the email. Yeah. So we opened up four more slots and those were gone in another 24 hours. So the, the the actual, I can't believe I'm saying this, our Utah meetup is going to be awesome. It is being launched to all of you who are not patrons already full. Now, you can still sign up and get on the wait list. There may be people that drop out. I, I am just saying that because it's one of those little perks we like to give our patrons, and our Discord form is really, really cool, and a lot of people talked it up on that, which is why it sold out so fast. But I am amazed. I wanted you guys to know we are still doing it, but I'm sorry to say that, I'm announcing it's out (laughs) at its full.
0: We're amazed and thankful and grateful to everybody coming. And we we still can't believe that happened. It just is what it is. That's the position we're in. But Mitchell, thanks for writing. We really appreciate it. Write to us your car debate when you're ready. Love hearing from you. And like Mitchell, like Ryan in Ohio and Anthony in Ohio as well. If you've got debates, everydaydriver.tv at gmail.com. Time for some quick questions. Yep. Glenn DiGiacomo asks, what costs more a new GR86 or <laughs> maintaining my 928? I wondered if you'd tackle this one. I think he's trolling me. He is. He's, he's not wrong, though. It's, he says, I'll bet it's closed and the 928 will cost more sooner than later. No, you're wrong. It costs sooner now. <laughs> I put more money, including the purchase price, but more in, money into that car than the GR86 cost. Wow. I can't believe I said that out loud.
1: You did say that out loud. It is a thing. If you watch our fix-it piece, our our, our we fix-it, after our West Coast road trip, we break down the cost. It gets scary quick.
0: I still really love the 928, I though. I know you do. It's hard. Why am I afflicted? <laughs>
1: The Terry two on Instagram says for someone who wants an enthusiast car, but doesn't plan on tracking it. Is there and just using it as a daily driver? So just, this is my commute car. Is there any difference between rear wheel drive, front wheel drive and all wheel drive? When I read that question, it suggests to me you haven't driven all of the above. Now for your usage, is there any difference? Not at all. Mm. None. Zero. Doesn't matter. What's the one that you like? What's the one that gets the gas mileage that you like? Go buy that car. But they do fundamentally feel different behind the wheel. I just I like the feel of a rear wheel drive car. The Mini Cooper I had was excellent. Spot the Mini was great. Yeah. I just realized I don't like regularly driving front wheel drive. There's nothing wrong with the car. It was fun. It worked great. It was awesome in the winter. I just don't want front wheel drive. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. figure out the feel that you prefer. I I actually at other another time in my life I remember borrowing a friend's front wheel drive car, and I was amazed. When I was living in Los Angeles, how easily I could get into like 90 degree tight parking spaces because it just tucked the front around. And I was like, okay, if, all right, if I was just commuting, I would have bought a front wheel drive car. That's useful. Yeah, that, that, that was the weird thing I discovered. All wheel drive, you may feel more comfortable because of the weather in your area, whatever, for your just, which works? All of the above. But which do you prefer the feel of? You have to drive them all to know. Matt Garrett
0: 82 asks, Considering the performance numbers achieved by attainable electric cars, like a Tesla Model S, what constitutes a supercar nowadays? This could be a longer topic Tuesday, Mm -hmm, but I thought I'd mention it because I am amazed, as you are, about the horsepower levels advertised by electric cars. And that's Mm. just by virtue of electric motors and what they can do. It's astounding. We used to think a 500-horsepower gas-powered car would be like, that's the end-all be-all. That is the pinnacle of 600? 600? 800 wait a thousand in the lucid
1: a thousand used to be the crazy guy that only drag races his car and can't believe I pulled off a 1200 horsepower Supra in my crazy garage and everybody's listening to it and watching the article and looking at the the video and all of the, that kind of stuff. Because do you believe that number has got a comma in it? And now it's just like sedan.
0: Well, let's apply to trucks. The Raptor R just recently got released. (laughs) With 700 horsepower, Uh and Dodge was quick to point out the TRX has 707, so they still had more. Mm -hmm. Have you ever driven a 700 horsepower car? Not to mention a truck. It's mind warping. It is. It's amazing. It's awesome. You pay for that in price and maintenance (laughs) and gas. The tanker truck you're pulling along as a support vehicle. But it's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's amazing. It's revelatory. And 700 horsepower. And... You know, all the electric car owners are going, really? That's cute. Good, good, good on you. Yeah, Good, good job. job. You're on the level playing field now. Yeah. It's not just numbers anymore. And I think supercar really doesn't have anything to do with the highest number possible. Mm. Because if we look at the Veyron and the Chiron, those are supercars. That should be the best driving car ever. The supercar has to give you a feeling. And I'm not saying that electric cars don't, but it has to give you that pride of ownership. And I love driving it, but it does so well. I I can't believe it, but it doesn't have to cost that much anymore. I think we're at a turning point as much as I like power. Here's why. I think the Cayman GT4 and the GT4 RS are Mm -hmm. supercars. They do outstanding things. They're amazing they're not even 200 grand. I mean, with markup, they probably are, but yeah. Yeah. They're amazing to drive. They give you that feeling, that buzz, a rush. I can't believe Mm, I did a corner mm. like that. I can't Mm -hmm. believe I can track it and I can daily it. What an amazing car that, that to me is super. Doesn't have that much horsepower. I mean, GT four RS has 500, but still, you know what I mean? I take your point. It's not the Carrera GT. It's not the seven one eight. It's not McLaren's. It's, I mean, those seem mind-boggling to me, and yes, I welcome that, but those seem almost restrictive because I, oh, I can only take it to car shows, and I, you know, everybody surrounds me in traffic when I drive this thing, and I feel (laughs) boxed in, and you know what I mean? So is it
1: worth owning? Interesting. I'm going to add to that because I think, for me, part of the reality is it has to be fairly rare, and it has to be performance-focused,
0: Okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean yeah.
1: that the, the Tesla next to me might not be faster from the light. I mean, that's pretty good performance. <laughs> yeah, for you sure. Know. Exactly. But, but the Tesla, in spite of the fact it sells performance, its purpose, its reason for being is not to be a performance car. True. And if they could sell as many as the Toyota does Camrys, they would. A supercar has to have some level of rarity about it. The, the Cayman GT4S is a great example. Some level of rarity. Mm-hmm. And it also has to be something that was built to be this performance vehicle first. It wasn't built to be a grocery getter. It wasn't built to be the family family truckster. It wasn't built to be any of those things and happens to be powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has to be, this was intended to be about performance. And it has to do more than just go fast in a straight
0: line. Agreed. There's also a question on here from Jordan Schieffer. Friend of the show, he says, another podcast question, another topic Tuesday. The phrase, don't meet your heroes. What's a car we're afraid to drive because it's so high up on a pedestal? Jordan just met his hero, the Smart Roadster Coupe Brabus exclusive. Uh-oh, what'd you think? Jordan says, cheap, but no way to import one until about 2030. Uh-huh. He says he would move to Germany just to own one. We saw two parked at the Nürburgring
1: when yeah. we first pulled up this we did. year. We both were like,
0: those are actually, I really always liked those. Super cool. But to answer your question, Jordan, I have three. Okay. The cars I'm afraid to drive because they're way up there. The Mercedes E500. Sure. It might just be a boaty, sucky thing. The Mercedes that Porsche built. Yeah. The BMW M1. Oh, yeah. I idolize Mm -hmm. that car. Mm -hmm. It might be like getting into a DeLorean. It's going to be a Countach (laughs) moment, isn't it? What is this? And my... White Whale is a McLaren F1. See, uh, McLaren F1's on there for me. Like, I think it's the most amazing thing ever, and I hope it is. What if it's not? I
1: have three, one of which we've now driven, which was the XJ220. Yeah. The other one is the McLaren F1. Okay. And the Pagani Wyra. I
0: would think the Pagani would be
1: freaking... You You would think. Amazing. You would think. But we know people that have driven them and didn't walk away wowed. We know people that have owned one and sold it to buy something else. Yeah. So I just kind of go see, cause that's the car. If I had millions, I would buy a wire because that looks like a millions of dollars car. It sure does. You know? And the McLaren is, is I mean, it's the McLaren F1. It's nutty. It's just, it's everything a sports, a supercar is supposed to be right.
0: Yeah. But is it? I hope. I, I hope like so to too. Think so. I hope so too. Well, since you all have asked questions, I have a question to ask the audience oh. and I'm going to leave you with this as we wrap up the podcast for today. And it's something that's on my mind. I don't have an answer to this. So I'm asking you all to write to us and think about it. As we all progress in cars and sports cars and driving, <laughs> will electric cars be relegated to a street and all the cool track cars will still be gas powered? Hmm. At this point, I don't see any point in tracking an electric car.
1: Fair. There's yeah.
0: Cars you can't can. I mean, the Ticon claims you can, but then we've spoken to people in Germany and they get, yeah, I've driven an electric car and you get about two or three laps.
1: The people that have done it so far, like the Pikes Peak Racer that Randy Popes drove and those kind of things, it's all proof of concept. It still is. And it's not It's not because they should be track cars. Interesting
0: question. Maybe it's coming, but I'm wondering, do we push the good sports cars and the ones that are track worthy and are tuned and tested on track? Those are over here in the, gas powered car camp and then all the cars where you want good long mileage you know you want travel long distance you commute you want just you know a nice place to be maybe great suvs and cars Mm. are over here in the electric camp and we're fine owning both ride the horse for fun take the car to commute kind of are are all these fun sports cars let's just leave them in the gas powered camp and yes all these electric cars over here will make more power just like we're talking about And we'll be happy with our noisy, cool sounding sports cars. I'm asking. (laughs) I like it. Guys, thank you so much for all your questions. Really appreciate it. EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com. Drop us a line. When you get a chance, love to hear your car debates, Topic Tuesdays, and car conclusions. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.